to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. So we're dealing with the ministry of the Spirit. Really, when I say the ministry of the Spirit, I'm talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, So firstly, the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is he. When Jesus would talk about the Holy Spirit, he would always use he. He never says, it will come. He says, he will come. Now, the Holy Spirit is the power of God, but he is not a power. He is the power of God, but he's not a power. By that I mean, he's not just like this power or this wind. And and the Holy Spirit doesn't look like a dove. Let me just mention that. Because if he looks like a dove, then Jesus looks like a lion. And then sometimes he changes appearance and he looks like a lamb which has got an axe on it. If you've read your book of Revelations. There's a way... You know, I had an encounter. Can I tell you about it? Are you sure? You like hearing encounters? So I had an encounter at some point where I I found myself I can just be clear. So I found myself in a place called heaven. How I found myself there, even me, I don't know. If I knew, I would like be going there every day just to go say hi. So I found myself there like, boom, I'm there. I'm not even, I don't even know if I remember whether it was a dream or it was a vision or a vision of the night or a vision of the day or a dream in the day or a dream in the night. I just found myself there. And I was like a bit spooked because I found myself in a house, like in somebody's house because there are houses. So I found myself in somebody's house and I was admiring it. I was analyzing it. And then I could sense the presence of somebody who was with me. And this was the second time I was having such an experience. The first time I had such an experience was in the year 2012. Uh, you understand as I go on. the year 2012, I had this experience where there was me and two other people And it seemed as if we were chosen to do a certain level of ministry work in Zambia. And so I was walking with the two other people. And then I found a river. 
Then when I found the river, I found myself on the other side, and then the other two had remained. Then as I was walking, someone appeared next to me, but not in human form. Someone appeared next to me in glory form and began to talk to me. And he began to talk to me and he was telling me that what was about to happen and how God was going to use me in ministry and the like and why the other two had been left behind. And I knew them by personally. How do you go tell them when you wake up? <laughs> so now this time I was having the same experience and I looked and the person was next to me except this time I could see a bit of a description of how they looked. And, you know, like, you know where you're seeing spirit, right? Like, like I could see them, they were in glory. But then they looked like, have you ever used a stamp? This is the only way I could describe it. And it's difficult sometimes to describe spiritual things in physical words. You know how the whole concept of a stamp is that from one stamp you can like stamp stamp, stamp, stamp. So they look like, for lack of a better term, like a stamp of the Lord Jesus. Then I was wondering, like the encounter was about something else. I was being taught on the fivefold ministry. Afterwards, I was wondering, why, like, I thought the Holy Spirit is just in me. How come I could see him next to me? Then I was taken to the scripture. Do you know what it actually says? I'll pray the Father, and He'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. So His ministry is not just in you, His ministry is also with you. And then the with you is not just on earth, it will also be in heaven. And how do you think people will experience Jesus at the same time? To be by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit who's been given the assignment to convey the presence of the Lord Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a real person. Um, he's the person. He's, when Jesus introduced him as he, there was a reason. It's because previously, the Holy Spirit was just known as the wind who blows. And you know, sometimes, um, like for example, have you ever heard terms like Ruach HaGodesh? That's simply the wind that was blowing in the Holy of Holies. So in the Holy of Holies, they would hear a wind like, fu, 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 and they knew that was the Holy Spirit. But then Jesus introduced him a particular way. Jesus introduced him as a person. That's how Jesus introduced him. And so the Holy Spirit is a person. Always remember that. So that thing that you like for, ah, and then something just told me that I should pray. Something talk. You think things can talk? No. Why don't you be bold about it and say the Holy Spirit told me to pray? Or someone told me to pray. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. He's a he. He's not. Yes, he's fire. But that's not. That's just like a description of his move. He's a person. So you can't limit him to fire. You can't limit him to wind. You can't limit him to a dove. He's the very spirit of God. That's who he is. And God is very sensitive over the Holy Spirit. Such that he's decided that people can be forgiven over the blasphemy of him. The blasphemy of Jesus. But not over the blasphemy of the spirit. Of which, maybe just to clear this up. The blasphemy of the spirit, firstly, is not something that can be done unconsciously. 
Have you observed who Jesus referred to when he came to the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit? These were Pharisees. They had studied the word and from their private conversations, they were able to recognize that this was God doing these works and they still said it was the devil. So they recognized that this was God and still said it was the devil. So I'll give you an example. Let's say, and that's why you must be careful. Let's say somebody has genuinely been blessed, right? And let's say this ministry has genuinely blessed them. And let's give an example of, um, I'll use myself as an example. I've genuinely blessed them. And they know that it's God who's worked in me to bless them. And then you put yourself on a campaign to start calling the God who you experienced, who saved you, the God who actually taught you this and taught you this. And you start saying that's the devil. How, how is the Holy Spirit supposed to feel? So be very careful, especially with certain states. Because that was the context in which Jesus said it. So the Holy Spirit is very... That's why I, I deliberately try not to talk too much when it comes to certain things. Don't do that. Don't, don't, when you don't understand the move of the Spirit, just leave it. Leave it. The Holy Spirit is, is also the seven spirits of God. right? The seven spirits of God doesn't mean there are seven Holy Spirits. The seven spirits of God is a sevenfold manifestation of his personality, which you can find in Isaiah 11, verse 1 and 2. And my favorite is when he talks about the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And it says his delight is in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. That's why his delight is in. By the way, all those teachings have done them, they're on the podcast. So what we're doing is that we're actually preparing a package of certain sermons. And then they'll be sold, if I'm not mistaken, they'll be sold at about... 85 quacha. Did we say 85? Should be 85. Those who are in the projects group can. DJ is not here. I think she was cooking a big shimmer. <laughs> it will be sold at 80. Yeah. Somebody just corrected me. So it will be sold at 80. So our plan is we want to help distribute the sermons. Um, so what we're doing is that we'll have certain flash disks which we'll brand with our name. And then there'll be about 20 sermons in each. And then our cost of production, I can tell you, our cost of production right now without economies of scale will be about 60. So on each flash, we'll be making a profit of about 20, of which all of it will go towards projects. How many of you will buy one? So we'll put packages of sermons. And maybe these are some of the sermons which would be good to put. Things like the spirit, seven spirits of God, that would be good, right? So now, because these are things everyone needs to know, but they need time to be taught. It's like you need to sit, listen, sermon one, sermon two, sermon three. Those are the kind that I would want to target in those. And um, there won't be a forcing matter. Our sermons are still free and they can be found on the podcast. Can I continue? So the Holy Spirit is, is very, is someone who's very special. And let's, let's just look at this. So when we're looking at the ministry of the Spirit, what I'm trying to describe, and you can give me the next slide, what I'm trying to describe is he's got a particular ministry to you. Okay? He's got a particular ministry to you. So the Holy Spirit is very important for every believer. And I want you to understand this, that the Holy Spirit is not a luxury. The Holy Spirit is a necessity. He's not a luxury. How many of you know what a luxury is? Or an accessory? What's more important? The suit or the kachin that you put on the suit? 
So sometimes people treat the Holy Spirit as the chain that you put. They treat him as a luxury. They treat him as an accessory. The Holy Spirit is not an accessory. He's a necessity. As a matter of fact, Jesus did not allow the church to start until the Holy Spirit had come. So the Holy Spirit is a necessity. Dear neighbor, the Holy Spirit is necessary. Say so he's a need. And then there are certain things that he does to you. For example, he's the one who regenerates you. That's how you become born again. You know, uh, terms like regeneration are easier to understand. Maybe sometimes if you've done a bit of, I don't know, maybe computer coding or if you were into gaming a lot. Back in the day, I don't know if that still happens. I, I was into, I can't say I was really into gaming because it was FIFA I was into. I think there's a difference, right? And so you know what would happen? We would wait. We never used to buy it. What would happen is that we'd wait for what is called the crack. So when you wait for the crack, you guys, is it hitting home? You know what I mean by the crack? Meaning a hacker has cracked it. And then there would be this, then you would, I don't know, the crack would also come with this thing that could generate a code. So it would be like, it's regenerating a new FIFA. <laughs> It's, it's not hidden. Have you used two-factor authentication? Have you noticed how your two-factor authentication sometimes may, depending on the one you use, may require you to generate, it like generate pins for you? Or the way if you're using e-wallet, there'll be a generation of a pin in that moment, right? That's a similar thing. So the Holy Spirit regenerates you. That's how you become born again. So at the, it's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit that leads to you being regenerated. You become a new creation. One that has never existed before. That's why you're a code that can be cracked. One that has never existed. Okay? And when you read John 3.6, it says that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So, when you've been born of the Holy Spirit, you're spirit. That is why you cannot see yourself a particular way and claim that in that moment you're acting righteously as a child of God. For example, here's a person praying. Oh God, you're actually even too worthy for me to even talk to. As a matter of fact, I'm just a grasshopper before you. Now, if you're not born again, that's fine. If you're born again, you know what you're saying? You're saying, Daddy, you've produced a grasshopper. So like, I'm junior grasshopper, you're senior grasshopper. Because that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Imagine a child goes to their parents and says, I've just discovered today that I'm a dog. So I'm going to the dog house. What, what, then you're insulting your parents because you're saying your parents produced a dog. Which is why if you're a parent again, you don't use certain phrases because you're insulting yourself. <laughs> so that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. What does that mean? It means you are a god. Now, those, now, do you remember Jesus using that statement? He's like, even your law told you you are gods. Now, if even under the law they could be taught that. You know, that's what it means. Jesus is a very different kind of king. He doesn't want to be a king of slaves. 
He's a king of kings. Who do you think are the kings he's referring to? He's a lord of lords. Who do you think are the lords he's referring to? You think he cares about, uh, no, the lords are not the demon of that demon. No, 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 those are not counted. Who do you think are the lords he's referring to? And the kings he's referring to? Listen, <laughs> what makes the throne a throne? Is it the one who sits on it or the beauty of the throne? I don't know if you're hearing me. So let's say maybe you don't, right now you can't afford the best of clothes. Even if you're wearing rugs, they are now royal rugs. <laughs> I don't know if you're hearing me. <laughs> and then let's say you can afford the best of clothes. It's not those clothes that make you. You're the one making them. They are lucky to be worn by you. Blessed are those clothes which are worn by you. It's you who's making them special. Have you noticed how things become expensive and popular because some celebrity wore it? How much more you? Let's continue. Now, once you are saved, the Spirit of God still has a ministry in your life. So, it would have been enough for him to just regenerate you. That would have been fine. But can you imagine once you're saved, there's still a ministry that he has in your life? Let's go to it. Give me the next section. And... Jesus took time to teach us on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So in this teaching, I want us to look at certain scriptures and then just analyze and study the ministry of the Spirit in our lives. Amen? Yeah. Please note, everything that I'm flashing here is in your devices as well. The flashing is even just really for my sake and for those online. Let's have the next one. But very soon, especially in our own place, we have these huge screens. Right? These huge royal screens. So let's start from the John 16 revelation. As a matter of fact, you can turn away from the slide and just go to the scriptures because we're going to read John 16 verse 7 all the way to 13. Then we'll come back to the slide. <laughs> Do you know one of the reasons why we give awards? And did you notice that during the awards last year we told you to dress for the occasion? Do you know that do you know why we do it? One of the reasons. Do you know it's actually a dress rehearsal for what will happen in heaven? There will be a huge award ceremony in heaven. So it's a dress rehearsal. Because the Bible says that our works will be rewarded. So it's just a dress rehearsal. John 16 verse 7. So it says, uh, let's have the new King James. Jesus says something. He says, it is to your advantage. KJV says, it's expedient. So he says, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So you know, I'm not like trying to attack anyone or anything. But because you're here, I have to talk, right? Jesus says, look guys, it's to, it's to your advantage that I go away. Our thought patterns have to be edified. 
we are better off because Jesus went than we would have been had he remained. Do you know why? Because as long as Jesus was on earth, there are certain human laws that he had to abide by. One of them was he was in a body. And as much as even after he resurrected, he had a glorified body, one of the laws he had to abide by on earth as a human being is that he was in one place at once. So now I want you to imagine how many, how would have had to be traveling for us to see Jesus. Do you remember when there was that question asked by the woman where she said, we're asking, what's the venue for worship? Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. You Jews say it should be Jerusalem. Then Jesus was like, the venue is shifting. Shifting to the spirit. So Jesus left so that the Holy Spirit should come. And then the advantage of the Holy Spirit coming is that all of us could now experience Jesus at the same time in different ways. It means that now, I don't have to cry to just touch the hem of his garment because of his fullness. Like he's not in, his interest was not in me touching the hem of his garment. His interest was in me having the fullness. But if the hem of his garment could be that powerful, how much more the fullness? Are we going somewhere? So this is Jesus' words. He said, it's to your advantage that I go. Let's continue. Some of them will read, then I'll talk. And when he has come, that's talking about the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So if you're underlining or highlighting, do people still do that? You underline convicts. So the Holy Spirit convicts, but we'll get to that. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Let's go on. I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. So Jesus didn't finish talking. That you need to get very clear. Jesus didn't finish talking. So in short, if all you rely on is I'll just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and I'll hear everything he has to say to me. No, that's the starter. He's got more to say to you. He didn't finish talking. So he says, I still have many things to say to you. Then verse 13. However, when the, he, the spirit of truth, has come. So meaning, even the stuff he has to say is not bearable until the Holy Spirit comes. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Not some truth, not a few truths. He guides you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. That's why you keep dreaming about your next day. It's showing you what's to come. It's one of his assignments. So let's go to the slide now. That, that, that portion of scripture is rich. Eh? Actually, there's verse 14 as well. It says, He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Now, from the above, we can see that he guides us. Then he takes of what is of God and he declares it to us. We can see that he is our advantage. We can see that he actually tells us things that will come. And then we can see that he convicts us. Now, let's set on the convicting part. To convict is to demonstrate 
To convict is to demonstrate by argument and to prove, to persuade anyone to do a thing by presenting reasons. So for example, in court, you can get someone to confess maybe like an admission of guilt. For us, the Holy Spirit would get us to confess Jesus as Lord. So before salvation, he will convict you of sin. That is, you'll be convinced of the reality that you're in sin and that Jesus is the Lamb of God and your salvation is from him. I had a meeting one time. Eh? It was a web meeting. And, you know, uh, I, I, there's a side of ministry that Wem taught me. One of the things that Wem really taught me is to depend on the Holy Spirit. Reason being, one, it's not like I was famous. At least now, there are a few more people who come with expectations. Three quarters of the people, especially in the early days, were coming with, let's see what this thing is all about. And when they would see me, the first thought would be like, this is the guy who come to listen to. I remember one time I invited someone, and by then our faces were not on the flyers. I invited someone, and they thought I would sit next to them. <laughs> and they were shocked to see me coming out. Then when they would ask me who's going to be preaching, I said, just come, it's a powerful preacher. So, so like sometimes I'd walk to the front, and they're looking for the pastor. They, I remember someone told me they thought I was a protocol. And then here's a person who just, like I'm preaching, right? And then let's say their name is Lamp. As I'm preaching, at suddenly, they just said talking to themselves and they said, bad Lamp, bad Lamp. No, you need to repent, Lamp. You've been living wrong. You need to repent. You need to rep Before I know it, they've come to the front to give their lives to the Lord Jesus. Another one said, was just looking like, what, what nonsense are these people doing? And she decided, let me leave. She takes one step, the power of God hit her fell to the ground. Say praying in other tongues. Don't ask me the doctrine. The Holy Spirit is not under doctrine. Say praying in other tongues and got born again. So next day I'm at, I was at Unza by then. I'm at school and I'm walking and someone just says, hi, excuse me. I got born again at your meeting. Like what happened? And the person shares with me that experience. The Holy Spirit can convict better than anyone else. Don't you remember how you got born again? How that maybe who knows, some of us listening may have been stubborn for some time, but there was that day there was that day where you heard his voice and he convicted you and then not only does he convict us of sin after we are saved, he convicts us of righteousness, don't you have maybe, haven't you noticed that there was that thing that um, maybe there was that thing that you used to do and you couldn't care less then you get saved and all of a sudden you're uncomfortable with it. You do it, you feel guilty. Now you don't want to do it because you feel guilty. You feel this feeling inside. But you never used to feel it before you got saved. That's the Holy Spirit who convicts us. Then apart from that, the Holy Spirit witnesses with our spirit that we're God's children. So some of you saying, I've never heard the voice of God before. How do you know you're born again? How come you're so sure that Mary had a virgin birth? When it's not scientific, when you've never seen it on social media. Like, you, it's not like you've seen her face before. How come you're so sure Jesus was there? Even when some people try to debate it. There's, there are things that the Spirit of God has communicated to your heart which are beyond argument. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He makes you sure of these things. What's it? He makes you sure of them. I want to say, Holy Spirit. Thank you for convicting me. Haven't you ever had, have you ever met people who there are certain biblical principles which in those areas they are dangerous? Like you find for them, no one ever taught them. They just decided there's a way they'll be given. And they are so convinced you can't talk them out of it. 
If you had to ask them, how do you have all this money? Because they give it away. Does that even make logical sense? It means there's a conviction that's in their spirit and does come from somewhere. When you're convicted, you can't be talked out of it. You can't be. Let's read. Can we read it together? Let's start. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So what you do is that everywhere you'll see spirit, you'll clap. Or you'll say, aha. Now that means that no one can condemn you. Imagine that. It means no one can condemn you because you're not a sinner when you're born again. Let's continue. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life. So there is actually the law of the spirit of life. The spirit of life also has his own laws. In Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So there is a law of sin and death. And there is a law of the spirit and life. Pick one. So that means that. So here's the thing. So imagine if you are seated here and you are thinking. Okay I'm 25 years old now. When I am 50 years old. I'll have high blood pressure because it affects people who are of that age. Which law are you working by? Do you know that there are laws of the spirit? And imagine the laws of the spirit and life. Life, you know the life there is a Greek word zoe, which means life over and over and over and over and over. Somebody say, Holy Spirit, teach me the law of the spirit of life. Let's continue. Yes, Lord, I hear you. <laughs> the Lord is interesting. <laughs> when I told you to say that, he didn't seem to agree with me. <laughs> he told me, you teach them. <laughs> I don't know if you get it. So some of you are like, you're the pastor. <laughs> so guys, I will teach you on the law of the spirit of life. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the encounter I'm just from telling you I had, right? The reason, you, you know, there are certain encounters that come as a result of questions you've asked. So what brought about the question was I was asking God... Uh, I, was, I was saying to him that I don't want to be one of those pastors who's burying members. I didn't want my members to be dying. So then there are certain things he taught me to do to avoid that. And basically what he taught me was on the spirit of life. And I can assure you that you know there are certain things that are not normal. There are certain things that are not by coincidence. Do you think it's by coincidence that the whole lot of the pandemic came and we didn't bury a single member? It's not a coincidence. And some people listening to me right now, you know that the same situations that have happened before where you could have died. Even you up to now, you don't know what. Now I'm telling you what happened. It's the law of the spirit of life. Praise God. If you're going to the moon, you don't operate by the same laws on earth. Even gravity works differently. When you live in heavenly places, you don't function by the same laws that the earthlings function on. 
I don't know if you're hearing me. Haven't you ever heard a situation where maybe uh, that period in Ethiopia why it looked like there were challenges? And the first thing you'll hear is if you're watching BBC, you'll be told the embassy in the United Kingdom has evacuated their diplomats. Meaning it would be like the embassy doesn't sit and think, let's wait for the Ethiopians to take care of our UK people. The embassy has got its own ways in which it does that. When you realize we're in a kingdom and we're here as ambassadors of Christ and even like, let's say when you come here to church, it's an embassy. And an embassy has its own way it works. I don't think there's a shading at an embassy. <laughs> because when you're at an embassy, like if I go to the American embassy right now, it's as good as I'm in America. That's how it's supposed to work. It's like the country has given permission for America to have a portion here in Zambia. Can we continue? For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Let's continue. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. But according to the spirit. Aha, let's continue. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Come on, say it. My mind is set, is set on, things on things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Is somebody being blessed? So there's a carnal way of thinking and it leads to death. But then there's being spiritually minded. And then let's continue. It says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Worry is part of the carnal mind. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Hey. <laughs> those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Which is why I should never hear, you know, sometimes when you'd go to, I don't know how this became a joke. There's this joke that would go around in Pentecostal sectors. Where when it's time for giving, someone will come to the front and say, no, now let's come out of the spirit. It's not time to be in the spirit. Let's... No wonder people never used to give. Because you want them to function from a place they are not born to, to walk in. So don't say things like, now I'm in the flesh, now I'm in the spirit. You're in the spirit. <laughs> Praise God. Let's read that again. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. For, in, for if, in, if, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, okay, we're done with the clapping. <laughs> if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So let me also just mention that the spirit of God dwells in us when you're born again. What I'm saying is that you don't like come find the Holy Spirit at church and then leave him here. You don't need to call him, Holy Spirit, please come. We really need you, Apostle. Holy Spirit, what you could Holy Spirit, where is he supposed to come from? It says, out of my belly shall flow rivers 
Why? Because even, even like when we say the atmosphere is being saturated, apart from the fact that, yes, uh, places can also just be saturated, ideally from us, it comes from within because the Spirit of God is within. Jesus said, <laughs> he says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. What happens after he drinks? He didn't have to go drink again in that moment, in, in the context of that scripture. What does he have to do now? Out of his belly. The rivers will be, he didn't have to drink externally. The rivers will be coming from within. When you want to drink, to just drink. <laughs> Where you can live full. But that's a teaching for another day. Let's go to the next one. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead. Because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. So your body doesn't tell you what to do. Let's continue. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. What he's saying is this. Look, Christ is in you, so your body is dead because of sin, but your spirit is life because of righteousness. But then the same spirit then now has an effect on your body. The same spirit who dwells in you then now has an effect on your body. I don't know if somebody is following me. As I'm saying, some things investigate certain statements. So like, let me give you an example. Um, because here I have to teach you how I think, right? According to the scriptures. So that's why you'll find, if let's say I'm about to preach, you'll not hear me say, okay, now God anoint, let's say anoint my lips and the like. Because me, they're already anointed. I say, by the time I'm going to bed, they're anointed. When I'm waking up, they're anointed. When I'm walking in the road, they're anointed. And then when I'm about to preach, I don't need to decrease so that he increases. I'm already in the spirit. Also, that verse was about John the Baptist's ministry reducing. And John the Baptist didn't have an evil ministry. So now, <laughs> no, maybe I should say that part again. What? what okay, no, let, let's, uh, you guys, I'm your pastor, so let's talk. In all honesty, in all your scriptural knowledge, I want you to be very honest with yourself. Why, as Pentecostals, I'm using the Pentecostal movement, and I'm part of it, right? In a way. Why do we really say that when we're about to preach or something, or I don't know, any other aspects of our life, that we should decrease so that he increases? What exactly decreases? What exactly increases? And then does it increase back when you're done? Like, what do we really mean? I've not even yet come to more of you and less of me. I've not yet come there. Because <laughs> me, I don't understand how I'm his trophy and he wants less of me. And you know, I remember, and you know, at first it sounded nice until I heard somebody say, you know, we're no longer saying more of you and less of me. We're now saying all of you and none of me. I said, hey! I said, go! I said, I, do you know the question I asked him? I said, I said, so you're telling me Jesus did everything he did so that there should be none of me. And then when they explained that it meant the flesh, I'm like, but I'm not the flesh. I'm spirit. I don't know if you've read my description in the Bible. Who says I'm the flesh? I'm not the flesh. I don't see me. When I'm talking about me, I'm not talking about my flesh. It's a tent. It's an earth suit. And can I decrease what's dead? Okay, let's... <laughs> All I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, is that any statement you're going to give, you should have a revelation about it. And please, let that revelation be scriptural. But here, 
If I give you to say anything here, you've come to exhort on offering. If I hear you decreasing, I, then I've got a challenge. I shouldn't have brought you here in the first place. There's something I need to do with privately first before you come and decrease before the church. At C-O-L-R. Because I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> Let's continue. And then the, the one that's used is John the Baptist said, I must become lesser. He must become greater. Now, was John the Baptist doing evil things? Then he's not symbolic of the flesh. Because there was a ministry he was finishing, which had to finish so that Jesus could now start. Because his ministry was to prepare the way. So if you've prepared the way, you need to come out of the way. Okay. I hope I'm not messing with your theology. I'm allowed to, eh? These are things you'll not hear me say at a conference. Yeah. Are there moments of not my will but yours? Yes, they are. And usually those are moments of testing or maybe when the Lord has asked a hard thing of you. Because for Jesus, I think that moment was once, right? But if that moment is the whole day, I've got question marks about your will. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. So we're not we're, we don't owe the flesh. Let's continue. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Who is the you? We know that even the you is being made different from the flesh. Let's continue. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let's continue. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Yam conference. That, that one is Yam conference. Because the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. Let's just look at one or two very quickly now. There's a place I want to get to by the time we're ending at 12.30. John 14 verse 16. We've also now got the John 14 revelation. Guys, have I talked too much? Have I given you an idea of how I think and why I think that way? I hope I haven't overdone it. You love it like that? I don't know. I'm just not going to accept to teach the children of God to be anything less than who they are. I've got a question for you. What do you think are the lessons that are taught to princes, especially back in the day? What do you think they'll teach them? They'll teach them you don't walk like this. You're not a commoner. They'll teach them, they'll teach them a certain etiquette because that etiquette was supposed to separate them from everybody else. Princes were not taught fear. Let's continue. John 14 verse 16. Let's read it together. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another counselor, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Uh -huh. I will not leave you orphans. I'll come to you. Let's read verse 16 from the Amplified. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Counselor. Helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he may abide with you forever. 
Comforter. To comfort is to console, to ease grief, to give hope. The Holy Spirit is our, is our comforter. There are times where this world gets a little challenging and where you need a hug from heaven. I, I saw that somewhere. Whoever needed a hug from heaven. <laughs> so, <laughs> who needs a hug from heaven right now? Do you know that the Holy Spirit is the one who conveys the hugs of heaven? He's our comforter. So where does the hug come from? From within. Just try it for a moment. So Holy Spirit, acknowledge you as my comforter from within. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you're blessed. You're blessed in all you do. Your week is full of joy. And all is well with you. In Jesus' name. I declare that you're good in your health and even those opportunities you've been wanting that you'll get them in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed. <laughs>